to other women who have had abortions and see their desperation for needing an abortion, especially in places where it is illegal, like Ireland, like Poland, they will say, no, I cannot have another baby. It's not about assuming responsibility. But when you get in that position, it's like, no, there is something growing inside of me and it's life. And it's not my choice whether or not I need to give it up. It's not my choice. It was a choice when I was having sex with that person. And now that someone else is growing inside of me and it's my job to protect that growth. Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of PersuadeCast. Today we're going to be talking about induced abortion and uh, whether or not we think that it's ethically okay, um, what circumstances in which it would be wrong or right. We'll be talking about some, some of the more gender-related issues like reproductive rights. So today speaking are a number of people from Canada. I don't think any of us are formally educated in these issues but we're interested in sharing our ideas nonetheless. So today, I'm actually gonna be participating. I'm gonna hand off the role of moderation to Joaquin. So uh, he'll be introducing us and asking the next questions. Joaquin? Okay, so this is just a general question for everybody here. Um, what are your general views on abortion? Do you believe it is ethical, moral, or immoral, not ethical? Do you believe it should be legal or illegal? Let's start with Thomas. All right, on a ethical moral standpoint, I'm of the camp that believes that avoiding the responsibility of giving birth to a kid and raising a kid um, in that vein would be an immoral thing to do because you, you have a kid, an embryo will turn to a kid and a fetus will turn to a kid. So it's like, it's a kid. Failure to take care of it is not being responsible and doing what you're, you're essentially made to do. Well, the, the reason why I can say this is because there, there are women that also share the view that abortion is wrong. So it's not so much uh, a matter of sex, it's so much as a matter of uh, ethical beliefs. Okay, let's, let's, uh, let's take it to Cheryl here. So My general view on abortion is that it's a fundamental part of women's healthcare and reproductive access and should, be, and should remain safe and legal and ideally free as all fundamental rights should be. It's what is immoral about abortion is, um, well, not abortion itself, but it would be immoral to tell women how to dictate their own futures and bodies and not support them in their own decisions as to what is best for themselves. Okay, so then we'll go to Liam. So um, I actually didn't know anything about this whenever I first decided, along with some other people, to do this topic, and I had to read quite a bit about it. From my reading, I've kind of come to the conclusion that even though I'm really not okay with the practice, I think it is ethically wrong to perform one single abortion, no matter the circumstances. I can't ever justify the alternative to abortion in the circumstance where a woman does not want her baby. I don't think you know, me or you or society should ever be able to tell a woman you must carry this baby until it's, it's you know, fully formed and then birth it and then take care of it. I don't think that's something that uh, society should be able to do. So despite my misgivings, I definitely think abortion is um, something that we need to have freely available for everybody. Okay, awesome. So we've heard some general points here. Now we're going to move on. I have a few questions here. Uh, this first one is going to be directed towards Thomas. 
basically around 830 people die every day of birth-related complications. So that there is medical risk, uh, especially when you are quite young. Uh, so my, my question to Thomas is, do you sort of recognize risk involved, especially to teenagers? And do you think it's okay for someone to say, hey, I want to, you know, save myself or not go through that risk, especially if it was non-consensual or you've been raped? Can you see abortion being okay in that situation? Or are you black and white, no circumstance where you can justify abortion? Well, I mean, in the, in this, in the context of rape, there's a couple of things because the amount of abortions that are from rape is very small. Um, so it's it's not huge in, in, the, in the end result of abortions that are actually done. And also there have been women that have given birth to to the babies that were conceived from rape uh, and they love their kids, you know? So it's not, it's not that every woman that is raped and gets pregnant from it has an abortion. It's they, some do keep the kid. Um, and the other thing is that getting rid of the kid, you know, like it's not going to undo the rape damage. The kid didn't really have anything to do with it. So I'd say like, give it a shot at life. Uh, Cause you, you never know. And, and for, wait, wait. for safety complications. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, if, if the woman's for sure going to die, but that and that's that's a tricky thing though because like if the woman's potentially going to die but does that if the woman's going to die that means is the baby going to live so is, is case, your main concern just the life of the baby no the life of the woman is important there's complications you're saying is is it like going to be a surefire thing that the kid's going to live and the, and the mom isn't going to live or um so the question sorry just to go back to it and i think you you just mentioned that it's it's quite seldom that rape births happen, but it's actually, I wouldn't argue that it's seldom at all, especially in places like India. So my example was in the case of being raped and being forced to have your uncle's child, uh, oftentimes it's incestuous. Thomas, do, do you still, are you still gonna put your foot down and say you, you have to have this child? Is that your view? Single mother, no partner, should be forced to spend the rest of her life uh, with the consequences of being raped. But, yeah. but that's what I'm saying, though. There, there are women that have gotten raped, kept the kid, and... So that should dictate how all women proceed after being raped and being well, well, I'm, what I'm saying is that there's, there's a level of forgiveness that has to happen uh, to the person that committed the crime. Um, and the consequences no. that come of it is like two wrongs don't make a right. So, Thomas, is there any situation in which you could justify an abortion? So we're, we're kind of starting at the deep end here with like rape and incest. And it sounds like you're kind of defending the right of, you know, the conceived child. So is there is there some kind of construction you could come up with where you think that it would be OK to abort the baby? Again, I mean, like when you talk about incest, there'd be birth defects and, and that sort of stuff. But then again, like that, that kind of gets into eugenics territory in the sense that we want to eradicate fetuses that have potential to have, you know, autism like they are in the Netherlands and all that. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't so you're, say that you're uncomfortable getting, with it writ large then. Yeah. There's a life on the line. Like you, you literally said like conceived a child. Um, and that means that there's a child. That means there's a, there's a third party that's involved in this and it has to be protected uh, until it's out of the womb. Just let, let's put aside for the moment the consequences, medical and otherwise, of giving birth uh, and look at abortion on its own merits. So is the act of getting an abortion itself wrong ethically on its own? Do you take any sort of significant issue with the act itself of abortion? Probably not. Whether a fetus feels pain, whether it has a partial neurological development or a heart beating, the way most pro-life with a pro-life agenda really likes to push and shame women trying, trying to get abortions. Um, it's a bundle of cells, the size of a lentil usually, um, and it does not feel pain up until 24 weeks, according to the Royal, Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. 
it's a fetus. It's not a baby. I personally think that you should be able to report up to, you know, the seventh month of pregnancy. It's not about how good of a story she can tell. Your argument is basically that it isn't developed enough to be something that we should be concerned about to the point that we are. Exactly. And many women, you know, Thomas is going off telling us that women who are raped and have babies out of rape love their children. But the truth is that there are many women who have had abortions, do not regret their abortions. There are many women who have not had abortions, who have regretted not getting abortions. (laughs) That's for sure. So I'm going to dial back to sort of like the ethics of this, this equation. So let's just imagine for a second that I'm a, I'm a woman and I'm, I'm pregnant. It uh, doesn't matter how I got pregnant. I have a developing new life inside of me. So that life will eventually become a person with a will and identity and the ability to feel pain and all that. The thing that, that doesn't really compute for me since I fell away from religion is I sort of had to reassess the value of life without a soul. The way I see it, there's kind of a spectrum. I can draw a straight line, and on that spectrum, there is sort of like the degree of consciousness and the degree of self-awareness. Bacteriums and my skin cells, as um, Cheryl put it, are very low on that spectrum. And humans, as far as we know, are at the opposite end as far as you know any life form we know goes and a human fetus is somewhere right in the middle and at some stage it's closer to skin cells and at some other stages it's closer to an actual person but to me whether or not it's ethically okay to kill a human fetus it all depends on how how far along that is so it becomes less and less okay the more developed the baby is and it becomes almost trivial if the fetus is just very early on. You could almost think about it like a form of birth control early on. Like it has it has almost no ethical implications. Yeah, I would also like right. to point out, uh, number one, that this panel is made up of three men who will never be pregnant and who can imagine, but who will never actually go through the experience themselves. And so I would also like to point out that if we're talking about spectrums of life, uh, let's remember Thomas that sperm, semen, ejaculate have olfactory senses so sperm are able to smell just to conclude my main thesis about this spectrum despite all of that it's still okay for a woman to decide that she doesn't want that child at any at any stage essentially because the consequences of having a child that you don't want causes more suffering as i see it than just terminating the life early on Imagine being an unwanted child. Like, imagine growing up, be- basically being the thing that ruined your mother's life. 428,000 kids in the U.S. foster care system last year. Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing, though. It's like, who are, who are you to say, I'm going to reduce your suffering, your potential for suffering? Like, everyone's going to suffer at, at any point in their life. And people's degree of suffering uh, is completely based on their own experience. So you're saying that you get should be able to dictate to all women whether or not they follow through with pregnancies because everybody is going to suffer at some point. I mean, could I, could I just address some statements that were that were said earlier on? Absolutely. Yeah, it is a woman's choice if she wants to keep the baby. Like you can you can choose to, um, you know, be 30 year old and, and live in your mom's basement as well. Um, you can choose to be a drug addict and sit on the streets. You know, like it's. It's, it's just like choosing to not be responsible is a choice. Um, but if everyone did this, then we'd be, you know, we, we wouldn't have a society. We'd have a, just a bunch of selfish individuals. No, it's not the same thing. You know, look to other women who have had abortions and see 
their desperation for needing an abortion, especially in places where it is illegal, like Ireland, like Poland. It's not true. They say explicitly, I cannot have another baby where it's on rape or accidental. You know, they took all precautions aside from abstinence, which doesn't work anyway. They will say, no, I cannot have another baby. It's not about assuming responsibility. This is a good segue into the legality and differences that we have across nations. Currently in Canada, it is legal to have an abortion, I think unlimited, right up until birth, uh, it is legal to have an abortion. In the US, it varies state by state. In Washington and some of the other northern states, it's available upon request, like Canada. They have a limitation in the states of some number of months. But in many of the states, you must have been raped or have substantial threats to your health, um, other things such as fetal defects or yeah, incest. But those are the only circumstances in which you can even request an abortion. And in order to get one, let's say I'm a mother and I just, you know, I can't handle a kid right now. I might be 16 years old. I have a life ahead of me and this, this child will essentially send me into a poverty cycle. For later on, I'll put a foot, footnote there, I really do think that the, the cycle of poverty you see in, in many of these impoverished nations and also just places places around Vancouver are because people, small, young children essentially have, have babies and they just, they, they're not prepared to take care of their babies and, and then the cycle repeats itself over and over again. But anyway, in the States, it's very expensive. It is prohibitively expensive, even where it's freely available upon request. So the World Health Organization's, one of its main goals is to make abortions freely available everywhere and upon request and safe without a substantial cost. So yeah, that's a, that's, that is a good segue. So um, Thomas, you, you obviously are against abortion here, but um, assuming you want to make it illegal or you think it should be illegal against the law, what should the pun- do you think there should be a punishment? And if so, what should that punishment be? Have you said that, Thomas? Do you think it should be illegal? I'd say, I'd say, yeah, it should be illegal. You're, you're, you're killing a life. I mean, uh, infanticide is legal, and so why not abortion? So, so if, you're, if you're raped by your uncle, and you go against the law and say, I, I actually need to abort this baby, and this person is caught, do you think that person should face punishment? And you, to clarify, if men could hypothetically get pregnant, you would still, if you, Thomas, were raped by your uncle, you would still, mm. you know, keep that baby and be solely responsible for it, despite all economic disadvantages that come, economic and mental, emotional disadvantages that come with that. A life's a life. Like it's, it's not, it's no longer just me that I have to worry about. There's now a baby inside. The <laughs> uncle raping thing is what, like 3%, less than 3%. Where is You're that talking statistic even here. from? Like, <laughs> okay. Like where, where do you think that the value of life comes from? Is it just the fact that you know, we are human or is like, how do you, how do you see animals in all of this? Well, just looking at us and the value of life, like life is a very special thing in the sense that we, we know about life, but life is a mystery. Life is, is still a mystery. We can know how to get up and shower and and go to work, but the, even the essence of doing that is completely profoundly mysterious. We don't know. That's so easy. So I'm saying like, why, why rob someone of that opportunity? And probably won't be raped. What is it okay to kill? Just if we're talking about the value of life in general, like I'm not, I'm not just talking about people anymore. Um, I'm totally on the same page with you saying that basically if, if the baby has any chance of, you know, not being wanted uh, or having negative consequences on the mother's life, I totally think it should be okay to terminate that pregnancy. But, but for Thomas, um, I'm, just, I'm just curious, like, 
So where does the value of life come from for you? And because for me, I've already explained that I, I don't I don't believe in the soul. So for me, the value of life is very much related to consciousness. So so like, is it okay to kill jellyfish for you? Like bacteria? But you eat me, right? If you want to talk about the value of life, you eat me. Yeah, like I would say that a full-grown cow is has more value as a life. That's why cannibalism is frowned upon. You do not kill and eat your own kind. I, I think what, what Liam is trying to get at is, yes, we are the same species, right? And, and, and a fetus, a human fetus is human. I think what he was getting at with the cow reference was just that a fully developed grown cow, it could be argued, has is closer to consciousness or, or a soul than a, a petri dish of bacteria and developing cells. Um, so just as an example here, um, there's, there's, there's a 34% uh, to 16% survival rate for fertilized eggs. So that's, that's after fertilization, which means natural, you could say natural abortions are highly common and yet you don't seem to see any sort of mass movement to try to prevent this well it's it's uh, just i mean like getting pregnant is a tricky thing like it's it's difficult to get pregnant so it is natural abortion is naturally occurring and, and and just you take issue with developing fetuses being aborted right and we know the majority of the time that happens naturally but again that's that's biological error and not not human meddling by the way, I do want, really want to recommend some great documentaries that, that do focus on women's experiences with abortion um, from various sides. There's uh, abortion stories women tell, trapped, and vessel. Um, so Cheryl, what are the main problems with the current state of affairs with abortion from your perspective? And how do you see, you know, for, it sounds like you see society as being, you know, predominantly patriarchal and the, the men in the White House, of course, as you just said, you know, basically making laws that affect women as, as subjugate, either in the States, in Canada even, or uh, across the world. What are the main problems that you think should be solved whenever it comes to abortion rights? Mainly that people's attitudes towards women ultimately need to change and misconception that abortion is a result of promiscuity and irresponsibility on the woman's part is uh, a form of such shaming essentially. It's not fair. It causes a woman to take full responsibility for two people's mistakes sometimes. And uh, ultimately, people's attitudes towards women need to change so that women are not shamed and guilted and then the religious agenda is imposed upon them to keep any unwanted pregnancies and also that when a society treats women with more respect they ultimately gain from it as well and they benefit from it as well you know uh, there are fewer kids going through the foster care system there are um women who get better education who are better able to contribute to society afterwards because they aren't forced to um find men to depend on financially. Being anti-choice is anti-woman, and that's what needs to change. Just, 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 just to sort of flip the tables here, you, Cheryl, you were talking about uh, a, a woman being promiscuous and, and, and being irresponsible, but, but let's talk about that caricature, because it's, it's sort of something that I, I think uh, pro-lifers use sometimes, and while it may be seldom, I, I'm sure there are situations where, let, let's take a girl who refuses to use contraceptives and is very promiscuous and gets more than one abortion and is, is completely irresponsible. Um, do you think this sort of character is, is doing something wrong here? Do you, do you take issue with that? 
So what I would say is a rare situation. I don't think it's fair to accuse women of not using contraception when we all know that there are men who use trans condoms. I know one woman who's gotten two abortions, but I still have to respect her. It doesn't matter if I've gotten zero or 12 abortions, or however many I choose. What I'm hearing a lot, like I've heard a lot since the beginning of this thing, is the word unwanted. Uh, unwanted and my future is at jeopardy. Um, well, has your life gone exactly the way you wanted it to? And has the things that have happened in your life that you didn't expect and didn't want, have they in turn given you something of value? Things that we don't want in life can sometimes be the best things that we need. Just because we don't want the kid doesn't mean it's not actually a benefit to our life and, and theirs. There are other women that share this this opinion. It's not. We don't speak for all women. Strictly. You know, if it's, it's, yeah, there are women, but that was their choice to keep their child. And if it's a choice, if you have to do one or the other, it's no longer a choice. And that's the thing. My argument is the fact that it is uh, a child at the end of the day. And so you're saying it's a choice to keep the child and therefore it is a life and therefore it should be protected. So I think this is an expression of a sort of more fundamental uh, disagreement, just a philosophical disagreement. In Ireland, where my family is from, uh, it's predominantly Catholic. They believe that contraception in any form is, is wrong and that you should essentially just keep bearing children forever. You're, you know, your, your wife essentially sits around and takes care of all the kids for you. And then the consequence of that on Irish society is that you wind up with these hovels and these, you know, just huge collections of 14, 20 children, and none of them are loved or wanted. A step up from that is um, the belief that a life is a life, as, as you said, and, you know, a lot of people believe this, and that a human life in, in any of its forms is now immensely valuable. That in itself is not a benevolent or, or evil belief, but it, it manifests itself in, in other beliefs. For example, your stance on whether or not women should be able to, for example, uh, use abortion as a form of birth control. From what it sounds like, you're saying that the seed of life or something, that magic of being human, is in that fetus, that baby, that collection of cells, as soon as it's formed. Is that what you think? Quite right. And actually, what was the thing that you, what was the statistic that you found out about it not being a woman's body and it's its own body? Oh, that wasn't a statistic. So what I was saying there is, uh, there, there is an argument occasionally that you hear that the sort of my body, my choice thing extends to the, the fetus as well. You want to interject there? Sure. No, I think in Mississippi there is a law that um, men can sue a woman if they rape her and she gets an abortion or if she can miscarries even. I also yes. think those laws are ridiculous. And once again, just restating, I think a woman should be able to abort her child at any, essentially any point in its development. But um, the, the argument I've heard sometimes is that the whole my body, my choice thing extends to the fetus itself. I don't think that's a very strong argument because the fetus itself is contained within, you know, the, the placenta. It's, it's strongly partitioned by the mother's body so as to not be included there's no cross-contamination. So to say that the fetus is part of your body, it's not a very strong argument, but despite that, even though it's not, strictly speaking, part of the mother's body, and we are still talking about killing a thing, I can't think of an argument against that, uh, given, the, given the fact that I think that this, this fetus, or baby, however you want to say it, I, I just don't think its life is as valuable as Thomas does. And that's, I think, what this, and this boils goes down back to. goes back to a, a pretty essential question. So this would be a question for everyone, and I, I think we already know the answer to, to at least most of you, but just for the viewers, we might want to go into, do you think abortion is equivalent to the act of murdering, uh, let's say, uh, an adult or, or a kid? 
something that is conscious, that is essential being, as far as we know, right, we'll never be able to have the experience. The same like eating meat and killing an animal. You'll never know how much animal and animal pain an animal feels, what that animal went through, the suffering that it went through. And, it, it, you know, regardless of any suffering, of, like I mentioned, the fetuses can't feel pain. So, Thomas, no, feel no, for that reason, no, because it can't feel pain. No, it's not, it's removing a bundle of cells. I, I mean, Again, it's like like we're all bundles of cells, technically. So you could you can be dismissive of another human being in in any sense of the word because we technically are bundles of cells. Um, again, well, those bundles of cells. Like a finger, something the size of my finger. Well, 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 that's we're yeah. we're all important no matter what size. Like Dr. Seuss was all talking about. But um, the thing that Liam was talking about about that there's a wall between the fetus and the, the mom. It's because it's a different DNA. It's genetically different from the mom, therefore it's not the mom's body, therefore it's not the mom's ability to remove it because it's another living thing. But when you're talking about, is it okay, is that equivalent to murder, killing a fetus? Uh, I mean, you, you are killing a fetus, you're killing a living thing. And it's like, when you get pregnant, why does someone freak out? Like, why does someone, why, why does someone freak out in jubilation, jubilation? Or why do they freak out in, you know, worry and tension? Because they know what's coming. They know so, what it's going to be. They're going to they're going to paint the room blue or pink, you know, uh, because they're anticipating a child and that that is a child. And if there's a miscarriage, if there's, um, you know, an, an accident uh, in which the, the mom and the baby lose their life or one lose their life, you know, you're talking about the loss of life. And I think that that should be valued. And I think we need to protect it. So, Thomas, let me ask you a legitimate question, if I may. Okay. Yes, you may. Great. So say I was a 15 year old girl. Yeah. Um, very real situation, by the way. They talk about being trapped, and my family will shun me for it. Um, and I have to drive six hours to get an abortion somewhere. But I can't, it turns out, and I've spent all my money traveling, and um, I go to the hospital, I spent $13,000 just to have the baby in the hospital in the U.S. What? And you just think, what is your advice to her? She's legitimately, what is your life plan? What is your economic life plan for her? Are you expect her to be able to continue to raise the child, um, get a job, which would likely be minimum wage, off of which she will not be able to live on her own, um, to go to school, to finish the education? What do you think she's going to meet a millionaire and um, get married and live happily ever after or start her own startup off of, you know, a well, that's that, that that's the issue of, of single moms, right? Like, how is a woman supposed to raise a kid on her own? And and many do. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like you had a you had a single mom, right? Yeah. Yeah, I had a single mom as well, and it's like it's undesirable. I'm saying I'm saying it's undesirable in the fact that it is more work, and uh, I mean the fact that I I mean I was recommended to get aborted by uh, family members or whatever her friends were around her at the time. So it's like me not getting aborted. Uh, means I'm here right now. So me getting aborted would mean I don't exist and I'm dead. So there comes to be a point when it's like, thank you, mom, for yeah, saying no to those fuckers. You know? mm -hmm. But there's there's millions of sperm cells, right, in, in, in guys. And it's just, you're talking about potential life, right? But uh, what, what we, we're talking about the current life of a human being and their aspirations and dreams. And Cheryl was touching on the sacrifice of having a kid. Uh, it, like it can cost millions of dollars and, and it can it can literally end your aspirations and and I guess 
what I'm what my question would be, um, do you acknowledge that at all? Or do you just think, oh, well, you can just adapt to that and your life will be just as good and you can just deal with it? So given, yeah. uh, given my view on, uh, you know, consciousness and the value of life, um, my birth was actually a huge point of, of conflict for my parents. And I can say fairly confident that if I was never born, they would have led happier lives because they wouldn't have had me to tie them together. So if my mom had decided to abort me so that she never had to deal with my dad, I think I'd be okay with that. I mean, I wouldn't exist, therefore I would not be thinking about this right now. I wouldn't be having this discussion. So whenever we're talking about potential for, for future consciousness, you know, like you said, you're happy your mom didn't abort you. Well, if she had, you wouldn't have known the difference. No, but what, I, what I'm saying is that, I mean, there are undesirable things of in life, you know, that, that you go through and, and you, you experience. And so, yeah, someone can have a good parent, they can have a bad parent, but my life hasn't been perfect um, because of the situation I was raised in. So I'm not saying that, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, suffering free. It's that, you know, it's, it's better to take a shot than to not at all. You're not understanding the magnitude of that shot that you're taking. It's like, maybe things will work out like with my baby who I have to raise and then it's going to hate me. And then I have to spend at least a hundred grand raising it on my own. Just, I think you have well, you're surviving in Vancouver. Is it not like Vancouver is hard to live in, but you're making it, you know, because yeah, I don't have a kid. You've, you've made it work. <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm saying we're capable of more than we think of ourselves, you know? So whenever I was growing up in Maple Ridge and for, for a spat in Surrey, um, my mom uh, had a number of friends who were single moms. Um, they they kind of stuck together. This, this one mother who I'm thinking of, she had a really tough time. She had three kids. The dad buzzed off. You know, her kids, it was just her and, and two girls and a boy. They were all bullied. Um, one of them had a speech impediment. And they, anyway, she just had a really tough time taking care of them. And they were in poverty. And she had to work and her kids were stuck around and she didn't have time to oversee their lives and, and see, see what decisions they were making. And eventually all three of her kids ran away from home. One of her daughters was raped and she is now born a, a, a baby that she also can't take care of because she's, she's in this cycle of, of drug addiction and stuff. And like, it breaks my heart to see this, this cycle restart over and over again. And to me, as much as I hate the idea of killing a baby at any, you know, in any form, the amount of suffering that's caused that could be, that could be completely erased just by not, not having that baby is just so powerful. If that girl that, you know, she's, I think she's like 18 now. Whenever she had this baby, she was probably 16. If she hadn't had that baby, her life would be so much better. She, you know, she wouldn't have had the kind of breakdown she's had. And now her baby is also suffering as a consequence of, of her mother and so on. Like, it's just this horrible, vicious cycle. And it doesn't break unless you, you cannot have children. Anyway, just to cap that point off, if only she had had an abortion, uh, she would have been able to make her mistakes and recover from them. And she wouldn't have the rest of her life ruined by having to take care of this infant. And and she might even have been able to have other kids in a better Late, environment later on, for which they could benefit she's prepared. and help the world. Because if we're talking about potential life, it's almost like this infinite multiverse of possibilities when it comes to potential life. And the biggest killer of potential life is just nature. All right, so just to notify the viewers, we took a five-minute break, and we have been joined by another participant... Her name is Sandra. Welcome, Sandra. 
So in 2016, in a study of the U.S. state legislation, they found that 353 abortion restriction bills have been proposed. Uh, it, it is a constant point of debate and, and legal restructuring. And there have been massive cuts to Planned Parenthood as well as we know this year alone. The World Health Organization as well has rated access to contraceptives and uh, access to abortions as a very high-tier developmental issue that needs to be addressed. Um, so firstly, I'll direct this at Sandra. What is your view on the legalities of abortion? Do you think it should be illegal or legal? And what do you think of the effects on impoverished countries? Um, I personally don't think it should be illegal. I think everyone should have um, options, but I think that there should be, so Planned Parenthood, so they're the people in the states that are doing all of this, like you said, right? So isn't it their job to help educate young women and men about the consequences of abortion? And what are those consequences? Well, think about it mentally for a woman, you know, say something happens. Um, there are many circumstances where a woman can get pregnant. Either um, she wanted to or she didn't to. Either it was forced or it wasn't, right? So, I mean, there are those aspects of it. But as long as there's, as long as someone is teaching these young adults, I guess you could say, or um, youth about the consequences, I don't know, I think it would help the people that are understanding what they're actually getting into because, you know, sex is one thing, but then what if they get pregnant? And then how are they supposed to deal with that? What if the girl wants to keep it and the guy doesn't want to keep it? And there's just all this emotional and traumatic things that can happen from such an encounter. There are so many things that happen in poverty. Like, we are very lucky to live where we live. And unfortunately, things happen. Uh, I do agree that abortion should be legal because what if the person is stuck with like, let's say someone was raped. And that's not fair to say, I'm sorry, you can't have an abortion. Here's a reminder of it every single day of your life. Um, and then there's the aspect of, well, maybe there's adopting the child. You can give it up for adoption. So I've, I've been through it. Um, I personally didn't want the abortion. So what happened was I didn't have a choice. It's called a miscarriage. And sometimes when a person has that, they have to, it's called an abortion. Um, so I've talked to friends about it. And like I said, I've got a friend that's like, yeah, I've had three abortions or I've talked to other women. It's like, I've had six and you know, they're so nonchalant about it, but you can tell like, yeah, so you can tell they're actually quite upset about it. When you dig your, when you dig deep into it, I think it, it brings a lot of emotional trauma. You know, a, a woman can say, yeah, I had sex with this guy, I got pregnant, and I had to give the kid up. I mean, but it's just like, if you really think about it, what are you doing? Like, we're, we're, women are supposed to have children. We're supposed to make children. And when you enter a relationship or you have a one-night stand and you have sex, you know, it should be a bigger deal because when you get pregnant, you have that responsibility. And that's kind of like how I felt when that happened to me. It's a responsibility of, oh shit, you know, I'm in this position. Before I was like, oh, I'm totally for abortion. Like I have my entire life ahead of me. But when you get in that position, it's like, no, there is something growing inside of me and it's life. And it's not my choice whether or not I need to give it up. It's not my choice. It was a choice when I was having sex with that person and now that someone else is growing inside of me and it's my job to protect that life. Sandra, just to clarify, um, hi, by the way, it's nice to meet you. Um, so just to clarify you, did you, I mean, it's not my business, but I mean, in the case of wanted pregnancies, yeah, of course you should be able to have the child um, and to follow through with the pregnancy. 
Um, I really disagree to clarify that just for viewers listening who also disagree that it's, as women, it's our jobs to have children. I mean, well, think about it. It is, it is our jobs. Okay, so I was having a conversation with someone yesterday, and women today, we're so empowered. We can, we can do so much now with the world that it is, right? I'm totally about woman empowerment, but it is. Like, if you think about it, women are supposed to have children. That's what we're designed to do. It's our job to keep reproducing. So how isn't it a job just like any other else? Um, I, but it's not. That's it's no longer a choice at that point. If society forces you to, if, if society forces childbirth. So, like I said before, I don't agree with making it illegal, okay. but I'm not pro-abortion. Okay. No, and I mean, but I mean, I'm not sure. It's I, I don't think it's 100 percent clear as to whether or not in your case, which is really, which is really interesting because. I think you might have gone through an, like an actual abortion where you decided you no longer wanted the pregnancy. And, no, or, no, or was, it, it was, was all for it. Yeah, so at first I, sorry, I should have made it clear. At first I was always like pro-abortion just because I'd never been through it, right? And um, I just thought it was easy to be able to give something up like that because it's my life, my body, and I'm not ready. But when it happened, it was, there was no other option. There was no abortion. There was no option. It's killing life. So that's how I, I, I wanted to keep the child after I had gotten pregnant and thought of what I, mean, I spoke to my parents. I'm like, abortion is the only option. Abortion is the only option. My life is over is basically what I told my family. And they said, why is it over? Why does it have to be over? They're thinking, well, you know, I personally don't agree with this anymore. I think that abortion isn't right because of the responsibility that you took on having sex with someone. Does that kind of make sense? So did you get an abortion? No, so it, it was a miscarriage. But okay. so when you miscarriage, yeah, when you miscarriage, there is certain yeah, ways yeah, of, no, the, the, of removing the child if it doesn't go out by itself. Right, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that that happened. Um, there's, there seems to be, I think, we still have Thomas as an outlier on this one seemingly integral issue of, of consent here. And, like, for example, there was a girl who was 11 in, in Paraguay, and, and she was raped by her dad. I don't know if you heard about that. Um, and because of their laws, she, she couldn't get an abortion, right? Um, now, now, Sandra has, has made it pretty clear that this is this is unethical and it's not okay to you know forcefully criminalize people in these situations but thomas i, I not to alienate you because I, i'm genuinely interested in your ideas you you are still on the side of yes she'd not have been allowed to get that abortion and this is an 11 year old girl we're talking about yeah sorry i, I know you mentioned before this would be like one of the, the cases of of one of the five percent pregnancies out of all of the rapes that happen right because it's i think it's about five percent what you're saying it's five percent so let's let's talk about the 95 percent. are you like are you actually taking the hard line stance that abortion should always be illegal or are you just saying it should be illegal for 95 percent of people and then the five percent it's legal for um when it when it comes to the 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 rape scenario and the incest scenario again it's like well for starters that kid has to get to a safe space the uh the 11 year old there there are people that care enough and you can reach out to those organizations and, and get assistance so in, in this case of the 11-year-old, would you still take the stance, despite all the situations, her being 11, it being a rape case, would you still say that? or It's two, it's two wrongs don't make a right. That's, that's my argument for, for any of these situations. It's that um, something bad happened. Okay, okay but Thomas, but you have happen. to answer the question. Yeah, I said I'm, I'm not for it. I'm not for abortion. 
I'm curious, Cheryl, what, what were your thoughts on the responsibility of a woman to give birth? I think that, you know, in Sandra's case, she yeah, had an abortion, but it wasn't an elective abortion. It was unfortunately a miscarriage, so it was a natural abortion. I don't think any women, I think that if you if you seek out the views of social workers and people who have seen um, the economic results of what happens when people are forced to go through with pregnancies that are not wanted or not desired regardless of responsibility um it's it's a responsibility i think to end a situation that's unwanted before it persists any further regardless of it being you know a subjective a, a subjective thing that you want to call life and i would also encourage people to seek out um the voices of women who have had abortions and who do not regret it like rose mcgowan has been open it. Gloria Steinem has talked about it. Um, in Vessel and Trapped and the HBO special abortion stories, women, all of those women um, really destigmatize the fact that they've had abortions, you know, elective abortions. So, well, you say you don't want, so you're saying it's okay to not want responsibility. It's not, and that, again, it's a misconception that it's just about responsibility and that you should go through with being responsible for pregnancy that you. But how is it not a responsibility? I think responsibility is and not um women who are in abusive marriages that the younger is a responsibility not to bring a child into the world if it's going to be in an abusive relationship if you don't have the means to support yourself if it's illegal it's illegal for all women it's going to be illegal for the for the teenager who is being raped. I think there should be laws around it. I don't think it should be illegal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just wanted to say, like, you were talking about an abusive relationship and the responsibility there. Yep. If dad's beating up mom on a daily basis and things are escalating and she's pregnant, I think it's almost a responsibility to have an abortion because, you know, who would want to impose that abuse on a, on a new life? You have the option, and it is your responsibility to get out of that relationship. If you're, you got pregnant and it's from an abusive guy. It's okay. not always that easy, unfortunately. Just because it's not easy doesn't mean it's not right. Yeah, it's still a responsibility. <laughs> Nothing in life is easy. If you have a child, it's your responsibility to provide all the great things in life for you. And that means getting out of that relationship and leaving. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be one of the tough things, toughest things that that woman's going to go through. But it, it's a responsibility. You have another life growing inside of you. It's no longer just your body. Just, I, it's not real. It just, uh, it's not realistic. It's not easy is what you're saying. You want things to be easy. No, it's not that it's not easy. It's that it's not realistic. What's realistic to you? How is it not realistic at all? Okay, so anything you do in life is not easy, right? So how is it not easy to get out of a relationship? Okay, say so when he's abusive, abusive and he's abusive gonna come partner, find you. It's very life-threatening. Of course it is, and I, believe me, I actually know what I'm talking about. I've experienced this kind of stuff before, so this isn't just coming out of my butt. But anyways, it's hard. It's scary. They can, they can be threatening. They can be alcoholics. They can be drug addicts. And when you're in that moment, you don't know what's going to happen. You're fearful of your life. Okay. So what are the steps that you can do to get out of that situation? Have people around you support you. You surround yourself with the authority. I think in general, not to call you out or anything, but I think you guys are being rather idealistic. It sounds like you're saying, I've been in a situation, I've overcome adversity, and everything turned out great, here I am. And I don't think that's that's uh, encompassing the entire sphere of the way things can go wrong. It's not, I'm not just talking about myself, though. I'm not just talking about myself because I, okay, for BC, you actually, for women, there's a lot of support for women and women that are in abusive relationships with children or that are pregnant. And 
what they offer is support. They actually can help the woman get out of that situation, but the woman has to be able to. So then there's that whole like mental state of mind of if she can do it, right? Because she's being abused, she has a child, there's so many things that could be going through her mind, right? There is support and I've talked to many women about this. Is the support that you're referencing, is that support that would support a woman's choice in getting abortion or are those options or support um, that you're talking about, like abortion alternatives, like adoption. Like everyone has their own, like they have options. I don't believe in telling someone you can't have an abortion. I don't believe in that. But what the support group does is that it helps the woman get away from the situation and have a clear thought on, okay, do you want to keep this child or not? That's and great. for that woman, she has time. She needs that space to think about it, right? But I think that the education should be yes, you need to keep this child because it's a responsibility. Unfortunately, you've been given the handed a uh, situation where you, you are with an abusive man that got you pregnant. But I mean, let's think about it. They must have some so, sort of emotional attachment, you know? And when they get pregnant, don't you think that if they give up this child of abuse, that they might not be scarred from that as well? So whenever you say responsibility, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering where does the responsibility come from? Who's dictating who, what responsibilities a person has? You know, some might say, you know, in some tribe in Africa or something, as a man, whenever I reached my 16th birthday, it was now my responsibility to put my hand inside of a colony of fire ants. That's all cultural. It's not, it's not divinely ordained responsibility. It's just something we do. So whenever you say it's a woman's responsibility to follow through with the child, I'm just going to assert that that is also an arbitrary thing to say. It's the way we do things here, usually because we have a Christian background. The idea is of responsibility is cultural. Is the same as Sorry, giving birth is not the same as sticking your hand into a mound of fire. Yeah, ants. exactly. <laughs> right. right, and I think when they were talking about responsibility, it, it also has to do with be responsible, wear a condom, or, 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 or be on birth control and make fairly simple decisions. I understand their argument there that you should be responsible by taking these methods so it doesn't get to that point. If I injure myself by making poor life decisions, for example, uh, skateboarding too fast or something, and I break my legs, why should I accept that if there's medicine to heal my legs? Yeah. If in the same per yeah. same situation, if I'm if I'm a woman who is pregnant, I did not foresee something or I made a mistake or I just made a bad decision, why should I not utilize technology to overcome that? Because making a bad decision with case, so that right there, yes, you have a point, but making a bad decision when it comes to pregnancy or sex there's there's so that's just so much more of a bigger topic than you riding your skateboard making a decision and breaking your legs it's not that's not you can't compare the two both parents have responsibilities right yeah. um they should share the responsibilities but when it becomes a woman's responsibility because we don't live in a perfect world um is when she decides okay i'm not gonna wear a condom or i'm not gonna take birth control and then she gets pregnant now it becomes her responsibility to take in care of that child whether the in your experience, Sandra, like, yeah. have you never had yeah. a guy refuse have to use a condom? A <laughs> like, have you never had sex with a dude? Okay, this is like getting personal. and just like, if, if, I'm sorry if I'm including <laughs> your business, but like, I think we've all been like, we're millennials. No, you're not, like, girl. We're, okay, yeah, we're perfect. Like, we've had sex with dudes who have like been difficult about condoms, have we not? Yeah. So, like, I think what what Liam and Cheryl are saying is 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 basically like shit happens. If it's something as small as putting on a condom and maybe you were drunk or or forgot or what have you, it's just I think what they're saying is that one mistake, while avoidable, 
chances are maybe it'll happen that you make that mistake and it's you don't deserve to ruin your life because of that and i just had one question that i'm really interested to hear um thomas and sandra uh, your views on this okay and it's, it's more of a philosophical question so let's say you're 10 years old your plan is to find financial stability a good career and a husband and to raise a family that's that's your goal you want to work towards that goal and you're 10 years old and, and that's what you want somebody comes along and rapes you okay and now you're pregnant if we talk about potential life of you having that baby that would actually be snuffing out the potential life of your future family that you wanted to have when you actually had a stable income environment. When you talk about potential life, like where do you draw the line? Where does it end? Because now you are in a situation where there are three kids that I'm not gonna have later on in a good environment because I got raped and can't have an abortion and now this kid is severely affecting my ability to have those other kids in the future. It's like, I'm just curious to see like- Well, did, did did any of us here choose to be born? No. No, then, then why, why are you preventing uh, a, non, a non-choice from happening? My argument is that you, you could have a million kids, right? Could you see it being a justification, having an abortion so that you can have kids in the future? But, but again, we're talking about life here and life doesn't always unfold as we plan. That's just how life is. So you mm-hmm. have to adjust um, to yes. how the cards that life deals you and, and, and also accept that responsibility that comes with it. I, I think I can sum up the difference of, of views here. Uh, Cheryl and I, I remember at the beginning you did the skin cells sloughing off. We, we don't see this uh, proto-human as very valuable at all because it is, as Cheryl put it, a cluster of cells about as conscious as a bacterium. And as such, because I personally believe that uh, the value of life comes from the self-awareness of, of that person or the animal, having an abortion has, a, has essentially no ethical consequences if done early enough. But what level of consciousness do you require uh, good good question. Good question. Um, it's not. I'm sorry. It's not a good question. You're comparing like such different circumstances. It's a no. It's in no way related to the uh, the fetus situation. But but like but you're but okay. Well, why do they tell pregnant women not to drink? A kid's life is going to be oh altered God. by consuming alcohol. If you negatively, the right? Okay. So, but what I'm saying though is, abortion is essentially murder in the sense that you're you're. You're not like drinking, drinking is damaging. Fetal alcohol syndrome is a thing and kids have shittier lives than they would if they were normal, right? So fetal alcohol syndrome, you're, you're drinking, you're harming the baby, you're harming the kid's outcome at life, right? Abortion is a step up from fetal alcohol syndrome in the sense that you're not even giving it a chance at all. Well, I, I don't see that because the way I see it, the, you know, killing something has no ethical implications if it's not conscious yet. But I think that's the fundamental difference is you believe that this this human life has value no matter how early on it is. I don't see that. Would you guys be okay with some closing statements? I just really want to encourage everybody to educate yourself. Watch The Vessel or watch Vessel on Netflix. Watch Trapped on America. Watch um, Abortion Stories Women Tell on HBO. Read the book Generation Low. Really educate yourself. Um, a volunteer uh, to be an abortion escort. Um, at uh, abortion clinics, support abortion clinics, support women's voices who, who say that they need an abortion, destigmatize abortion, normalize the word abortion. That's all I have to say. And thank you so much for working to thank you, Cheryl. for giving us a platform that it really needs. All right, Thomas, you have some uh, closing statements as well? Um, yeah, I mean, um, 
uh, essentially at the end of the day, what we're talking about is uh, not wanting to grow up. And uh, you can you can not want to get older, uh, but it's going to happen. And there are certain responsibilities that come with growing older and assuming responsibilities, even though you don't want to do something. Um, so, I mean, if you, it's clearly a choice in some places. You can go and you can avoid responsibility and you can kill every baby that is ever made inside you and you can prevent them from being born. Uh, but I think that there's a joy and a wonder and, and a beautiful responsibility that comes with accepting uh, a pregnancy and putting the child before your own wants and desires for the future. All right, moving on to Sandra. I'm more so, like I said, I'm more so on how it affects people, women. Um, mentally so I agree with Cheryl like yeah definitely do your research before making that decision of whether you want the abortion or not I think when you get the education like I'm all about educating yourself and thinking about okay is this what you really want to do and yeah if think about how many abortions you have if you have more and more abortions you actually become you can't we won't be able to have a child so you have to think about the responsibility that it gives you or that you're taking on and um yeah just educate yourself i want to clarify to educate yourself through um actual gynecologists and not because there are so many so and so alternative facts exactly to what abortion to happens when you have an abortion i know that in sex therapy school i was told for six weeks after having an abortion that's, I don't mm. think that that's true. So just make sure that you are getting um, a science-based education. Um, yeah, it actually, I've been told by this by a doctor. So, I mean, when I went through this whole process as well, like I have sisters, I have a mother, I have aunts, and they've been through this. So it's not like we don't talk about it. Um, the more abortions you have, the more you are, the more you're unable to have a child. It's just fact. And, and it's there. It's the facts out there. So within educate, just educate yourself. If you if you're wanting to have an abortion, just think about the long run. Think about how it'll affect you in the future. And you say, okay, well, it stops you from having the life that you may have. Yeah, if you think about it that way, it'll happen. And like, like Thomas said, life is hard and life isn't easy. Things get thrown at you. So just make the best decision that you can. And I guess that's all I have to say. Just educate yourself. Thank you, Sandra and Cheryl. Um, Liam, some closing statements from you? Yeah, as much as I don't like the idea of killing anything, based on my philosophical background, I just don't see the immense value that other people place on, on an early developed fetus. To me, it's ethically equivalent as killing a worm or you know any other kind of life form that has no substantially developed you know nervous system or anything i think the idea of responsibility for the baby is a social construct like i think that responsibility in general is just something that we've made up so i don't think women should feel responsible for following through with the pregnancy that they don't want but that's just my view thanks for your uh, closing statement liam uh, it's been a pleasure everybody that's been episode four of persuadecast cheers everyone Thank you. Personally, uh, thank you to Cheryl, Sandra, and Thomas. Um, you guys were great. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Should uh, come back for more later. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I think Joaquin has to leave, so I'll head off too. Yeah. Have a good rest I'm of your day, everybody. Off, so. Later. So <laughs> thank you. All right, guys. Bye. All right, guys. Bye. See you later. See you later. Bye.